Good morning and welcome to the broadcast today. I am Pastor Jeff Shree, pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. From His Heart is a national and international radio and television ministry heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio. Well, I wanted to talk to you today about this subject, shattered faith. Hey, has your faith ever been shaken and shaken so violently that it began to shatter? Has life ever kicked you in the face and knocked you to the curb? And have you found yourself having trouble seeing God as good? and compassionate and loving and kind. You know, that was the case for a lady in Scripture who lived in the Old Testament times during the times of the judges. Her name was Naomi. The Bible records her story in Ruth chapter, uh, or in the book of Ruth. It's only four chapters. And in Ruth chapter one, we read this about Naomi. It, It paints such a beautiful picture at the beginning. And Naomi, whose name means pleasantness, meets a a man named Elimelech, whose name means my God is king, and they fall in love, and they get married, and they're living in Bethlehem, oh, little town of, that, that wonderful little place in Judah. Bethlehem means house of bread, and they're living in house in the house of bread, and they have two sons, uh, Malon and Kilion, and then something happens that, that kind of shatters their tranquility. There's a famine in the land, a famine in Bethlehem, a famine in the house of bread. How ironic that there would be no bread in the house of bread. And so they hear that there's food in Moab. Moab is a a place to the east on the other side of the Dead Sea. Bethlehem is only about five or six miles from Jerusalem. So they make the journey. They, They make the decision, hey, let's leave Bethlehem and let's travel to Moab and let's live there because there's not a famine in Moab. Moab's about 50 miles away. It's rough terrain. It would take you about uh, walking it back in those days, take you about seven to 10 days. And so they uh, loaded up the truck and they moved to Moab, to use a line from the theme song of the Beverly Hillbillies. And uh, here's the problem with going to Moab. The Bible says about Moab, God himself says about Moab, Moab is my wash bowl. Moab is the place where God poetically washes the dirt off his feet. Moab is a horrible place. Moab is a pagan place. Uh, They worship the false god Chemosh in Moab. And Chemosh and Molech are very similar false pagan deities the way that you would worship Chemosh is by child sacrifice. Just a terrible, horrible, awful uh, experience. And that's where they're going to live. And they sojourn there. They live for a while there, it says in Ruth chapter 1, verse 1. Well, what happens over the course of time? 
Well, my God is king, Elimelech, he dies. And then the two boys, Malon and Kilion, they marry Moabite women. A Jew's not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to marry outside the faith. They marry Moabite women, but then Malon dies and Kilion dies. And Naomi, she lost her husband and she lost her two sons. She, uh, in her efforts to escape death from famine, she traveled to Moab with her husband and sons and hit death head on. And she experienced the loss of her husband and her two sons. And she is grieving so deeply. Well, she heard that God had visited his people in Bethlehem, that the house of bread, the bread factory was back uh, going in Bethlehem. And so she said, I'm going to leave Moab and I'm going to go back to Bethlehem. And she does, and she has one daughter-in-law, Ruth, who says, I want to go with you. And the other daughter-in-law, Orpah, says, uh, you know, she says, go back, go back to your people. I don't have sons for you, and go marry. You're still young. You can remarry. And so Orpah leaves, but Ruth doesn't. And the famous line from Ruth, I do this often in weddings, do not urge me to leave you or turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. That's Ruth's statement of faith. She was putting her faith and trust in the God of Naomi, who is Yahweh God. And she was turning to Yahweh God from her pagan idols. And so Naomi said, okay, come with me. But now here is the interesting thing. So they've been gone for a while. They've been gone for years. And then Naomi comes back to Bethlehem. It says, so they both went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came about when they came to Bethlehem that all the city was stirred because of them. And the women said, is this Naomi? Is this pleasantness? That's what her name means. And she said to them, do not call me Naomi. Do not call me pleasantness. Call me Mara. Mara means bitterness. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. I went out with a husband and two sons, and now I have nothing. The Lord brought me back empty. Why do you call me Naomi? since the Lord has witnessed against me and the Almighty has afflicted me. Wow. Ruth, or Naomi, excuse me, was full of bitterness. She wanted to change her name to bitterness. She had experienced such tremendous loss and her heart was shattered and her faith was shattered. And she was doing something that we often do. She was blaming God. She said, the Almighty has afflicted me. The Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me, very bitterly. That means exceedingly greatly uh, in his anger, in his temper, he has dealt with me. She was blaming God. You know, it's easy when we go through difficult times when we lose loved ones, when we lose uh, our ability to do things, maybe because of uh, some kind of sickness or some kind of disease that hits us and we're not able to do the things we once were able to do. 
If we're not careful, we can blame God for that. You know, that's the whole thing with Job, this situation with Job, when Satan said to God, or back up, God said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There's no one like him on the face of the earth. He loves me and he serves me with all his heart. And Satan says to God, let me tell you why, God, that Job serves you. It's because you bless him and you've built a hedge around him. I can't get to him and you're just blessing him. You're his sugar daddy. But let me tell you, God, you take away the sugar and he will curse you to your face. And God says, no, you don't know Job. He won't do that. And so there is a test. And uh, it's a test between uh, what God says and what Satan says. And Job is the lab rat, so to speak. And uh, here's the only problem. The Lord didn't tell Job, this is what's getting ready to happen to you, Job. And so Job was just going about his day and then the bottom drops out. And he loses all his wealth and he loses all his children, 10 children. They all die in, in one fell swoop. And he loses, then he loses on the next go round of tests. He loses his physical health. He's covered from head to toe in sore boils. He's sitting in the ashes, scraping himself with a broken piece of pottery. Uh, he loses his face in the community because Job was like that, not for a week, not for two weeks, for months. He says in the book of Job, I wish I were as months gone by. He said, the lowest of the low, the guys I wouldn't even hire to work in my field. Now they don't cease to spit in my face. He lost everything. And he hears the voice from his wife. And she says, Job, do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die, Job 2.9. And Job said, woman, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we not indeed accept adversity from God just like we accept uh, his blessings? And the Bible says in all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Job accepted the adversity from God. He didn't blame God. Uh, so, so different from Naomi, who blamed God. The Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, but now I've come back empty. Why do you call me Naomi? Call me bitterness. Now, here's the thing. Lots of us handle difficulties in life, not like Job. We handle them like Naomi. We get bitter because of the situations in life, because of the difficulties in life, because of the losses in life. And when you get bitter, it just sours everything in your life. It's a terrible, horrible thing. Bitterness is a cancer of the soul. And when you get bitter, you uh, break off your relationship with God. The fellowship isn't there. And you start to uh, poison your relationships with other people. And listen, all bitterness, when you're honest about it, it goes, you might be angry at another person and resent another person and are bitter at that other person because here, here's the progression. It is somebody does something to hurt you. 
and you don't properly deal with a hurt and all hurt turns to anger. One side of the coin is hurt. The other side is anger. The owl turns into a pow and the hurt means you want to retaliate. You're angry. And the Bible says, if you let the sun go down on your anger, then uh, over time, as you uh, nurse that hurt and rehearse that hurt and curse that hurt and, and coddle that hurt and that anger, and you just let that churn in your heart, you get resentful and you get bitter. Now, it may be toward your spouse or your ex-spouse or your mom or your dad or your employer or a coach or uh, somebody in the neighborhood. But listen, all that always goes up the chain to God because God is the king over all things. He's the sovereign God, the blessed and only potentate, blessed and only sovereign. And so it always goes back to God. When the people would grumble in the wilderness against Moses, Moses said, who am I and who's Aaron that you would grumble against us? Your grumbling is really against the Lord. And the Lord heard the grumbling. And when we get bitter, it always goes back to God. God, I'm mad at you. Well, Naomi was mad at God. And Job didn't allow himself to get mad at God. Now, he didn't understand why God was allowing these things to happen. You read in Job chapter 3, all the times he says, why, 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 why? But here, remember this about God. God is not in the business of explaining. He's in the business of sustaining. And I love what the book of Job says, Job from his lips and going through all the suffering and and all this torment and not understanding why, you know, you start to look into your life. Have I sinned? What have I done? And uh, he couldn't see any sin in his life. And he said this, God, I don't understand, but though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. God, I'm going to keep trusting you because you are a good God. Because I know that you are faithful and true. I know that you love me. And this may seem like a strange way to show me that you love me, but I don't evaluate the love of God based on uh, what is going on in my life this at this very moment. I evaluate the love of God. For us, we evaluate the love of God on a hill called Calvary. And we go back. God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Hey, we can trust God even when the bottom drops out. We're talking today about shattered faith, and I'm going to look forward to taking your calls when we get back from this break. Don't go away. Back in 07, my father passed away. My mother had passed away seven years earlier, and they left me a small inheritance, and I wanted to give back to AFA for all they have done for me. Carol talks about her experience with the AFA Foundation. I am an avid listener to AFR, 12 hours a day, and I hear Dan Celia talking about the charitable gift annuity. I liked what the... uh, gift annuity offered, donated a certain amount, and from that, I get a check every month, which is retirement income for me. 
If you'd like to support the work of the AFA and receive a fixed income for life, a charitable gift annuity from the AFA Foundation may just be what you're looking for. Learn more by contacting the Foundation at 800-326-4543, extension 345. Hello, my name is Todd Friel. I am the host of Wretched Radio, heard right here on American Family Radio from 10 p.m. till midnight Central Standard Time. Not to brag, but Wretched Radio from 10 p.m. till midnight is the single best Christian radio program on American Family Radio at that time period. That's right. We hope that you'll join us Saturday night. See for yourself from 10 p.m. till midnight for Wretched Radio on American Family Radio. What will take place during the tribulation? Do Christians need to fear it? And what will the Antichrist do during his reign? This week on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress answers those questions and more as he continues his series called Perfect Ending. Find out what will happen during the end times this week on Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress. Weekday mornings at 6 Central on American Family Radio. Paul writes, when one part of the body suffers, we suffer together. This is Bible League International, and here's a very startling statistic. Every five minutes outside of America, a Christian is killed simply because they believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Let me give you some perspective. By the end of the average hour-long worship service in America on a Sunday, 12 Christians will die, again, simply because of their faith. Now listen, persecution is arguably the top issue facing the global church today. I'm not saying that death is affiliated with every case of persecution, but at Bible League, we know Christians who are singled out, targeted, monitored, threatened with death, even killed simply because of their faith. Listen, we can do something about it by sending exactly what they're praying for to persevere and endure, and that's God's Word at $5 a Bible. $100 sends 20. Would you pray about it and then make your most generous gift by calling 800-YES-WORD, 800-Y-E-S-W-O-R-D, or give at sendbiblesnow.org. Sendbiblesnow.org. And God bless you for caring. Welcome back to the broadcast. Pastor Jeff Shreve here. I've been filling in for the last several weeks for Dan Celia as he recovers from COVID pneumonia. Continue to pray for Dan that God would put his healing hand upon him and bring him back to full health. Well, we're talking about shattered faith, shattered faith, shattered faith as we see it from the life of Naomi. Her story is recorded in the book of Ruth. As she says, don't call me Naomi. Naomi means pleasantness. Call me Mara. Mara means bitterness. I went out full with a a husband and two sons, and I went to Moab to escape the famine, and I've come back empty. I have no husband. I lost my sons, and my heart is broken, and my faith is shattered. Call me Mara because the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. Hey, what do you do? when your faith gets shattered? What do you do when bad things happen to you? Uh, We're going to be taking your calls, 1-888-589-8840. That's 1-888-589-8840. We've contrasted Naomi with Job, and uh, it's a little bit unfair comparison. Job is a a special, special guy. The Lord singled him out. There's no one like Job on the face of the earth. He walks with me. He loves me. He uh, has a close, close relationship with me. 
And even when the bottom dropped out in Job's life, and and I believe that Job suffered more than any other human outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, he suffered more than any other human in a short period of time. Can you imagine you lose all your children in one day, 10 kids all gone in one day, all your money, you're a wealthy, wealthy man, you lose it all in one day, you lose your health, just bam, just like that. And you're covered from head to toe in sore boils. Listen, to be covered in sore boils, uh, you would be disfigured because boils are going to raise up your skin and, and they hurt and they ooze and it is gross and you're sitting in the in the ash heap just scraping yourself with a broken piece of pottery. They itch. Uh, it's awful. It says of Job, when his friends came to see him, this is very telling. So his friends come to see him. And uh, the last verse in Job chapter two, then they sat down on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights with no one speaking a word to him, for they saw that his pain was very great. Hey, Job is not Superman. He's just a man who loves God and trusts God. But uh, if you cut Job, he bleeds. And Job is hurting, and he's hurting desperately, yet he still says, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Well, Naomi doesn't have that kind of faith. She has faith, but it's a, it's a weak faith. Job has a strong faith. And even with all that Job went through, um, and the fact that he didn't have any uh, unconfessed sin in his heart that he could think of. I mean, there was no, there's, there's no adultery, there's no lying, there's nothing like that. But he says at the end in Job 42, he said, Lord, I know that you can do all things that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have declared that which I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Hear now, and I will speak. I will ask you, God, and you instruct me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I retract, I repent in dust and ashes. Job saw that his heart wasn't right. He was demanding things from God. God, why are you allowing these things to happen? And he just needed to trust the Lord. And that's what you and I need to do in the midst of difficulty. Well, we have Patrick on the line from Illinois. Patrick, welcome to the broadcast today. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I I was listening and it just uh, just hit my heart so hard. Uh, uh, the situation uh, with, uh, with Naomi and, uh, and then you can compare it to Job which I'm very familiar with, um, uh, as it applies to my, to my situation, I'm going through it right now with my family. Um, my, you know, I had, uh, my, uh, wife that I have married, uh, her husband had passed away, uh, back in 2014. And she has two, she had, at the time when we married, they were 11 years old, they're 16 now. And my wife had passed away. So we had, we'd gotten married. And, uh, she had, uh, had her husband cremated. Well, there were, there had never been any burial done. And the, the, I didn't know this the whole time I lived here and, and I couldn't talk about God to her. Uh, she, I tried several times cause I wanted to get my life in order. God kept telling me, Hey, get your house in order, get your house in order. 
So I started drawing closer to God. I, I, I quit smoking cigarettes. I quit drinking. I, this is a, now I'm a, I'm a person who I made my living in a bars all my life. I played Nashville's on Broadway. I opened up for Willie Nelson. I mean, I've done, I've done all these things. I quit all those things because God told me to. Mm-hmm. And then I took the Ten Commandments as a moral law, and I started looking at myself and I said, hey, do you love God? If you love God, start doing these things. So I started doing these things to get my house in order. Well, the more I started doing that, the more I noticed that my wife was drawing away from me. And, and then it got to the point to where she kept having to go and find things that I did five and six years ago that I told her about, even, not even anything I'd done in her presence, you know, to try to rebuke me. And uh, I was like, wow. And, but I figured it out when I was listening to you talk about it a while ago. She has, I think she has just gotten it in her heart that she, she's angry uh, at God mm-hmm. and, yeah. and for something that, well, I found out found, finally that he had went, her ex-husband, he had went out on her. And then he died of cancer. And then when, even after he had went out on her with another woman, she took care of him and cared for him as he died of cancer. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess it hurt her so bad in her heart that she blamed God. Yeah. And she, she didn't even want to talk about God anymore. So now it's like I can see that, that I'm, 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 I mean, I never thought that I would ever be an example to anybody for anything other than to lead them to a honky-tonk. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I thought, I thought, you know, Lord God, I, I, I just cried out to the Lord. I said, I said, God, if you could use me as a vessel in any way, use me to help my family, help my children, you know, help, mm. help, help, help us to, Help us to come together to serve you. And, uh, you know, we're in the middle of a move. We're moving from southern Illinois to the Ozark Mountains. And I'm getting ready today to take those two twin boys with me in the truck. And we're going to journey to the Ozark Mountains. And I'm going to register them in high school. They'll be, they'll be sophomores. And uh, she's going to be here all alone. And uh, <clears throat> I'm uh, going to leave this track forwarded to our phone that that you're talking about this morning because mm-hmm. when it, as it, uh, just as it didn't act when, uh, uh, when, when the, when the people had heard the good news and it said it pricked their hearts, I'm, I'm hoping that it will prick her heart. You yes. Know, uh, that she'll see the way. <clears throat> well, Patrick, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, I would, um, I think that's good. And just pray that God would, uh, soften her heart. Um, you got to be careful that you don't you don't try and push something on her or cram something down her throat because then she's she's just going to get more angry about that. But uh, but the the prayer um, God answers that and God works and and but remember a hard heart it's not going to just soften uh, overnight. It's going to take uh, lots of time to kind of break up that hardened fallow heart and. Um, so uh, as you and we can pray with you on that, that God would use this broadcast to encourage her. Uh, it, it's easy when things happen to fall into the trap that Naomi fell into. It, it's very rare is the person that responds to difficulty the way Job did, um, because we don't understand uh, when we're hurting uh, why God is not uh, delivering us. A, a dear, dear lady who had tremendous faith um, 
was was dying of cancer and uh, she was hurting so badly. And she told me, she said, I just didn't understand. And and at the time she said, I don't understand why God is letting me suffer so much, why he's not coming in and relieving the pain. And so that's an easy thing to uh, to start to question. And uh, so we want to pray for your wife, Patrick, and pray that God would really speak to our heart and and use this. You know, one of the great things in the book of Ruth and one of the great things uh, uh, that we read the last verse of chapter one, where Ruth is saying, the Almighty has afflicted me. And then right after that, it says, so Naomi returned and with her Ruth, the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, who returned from the land of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest. Now, God is going to use that barley harvest to uh, have uh, Ruth meet uh, Boaz, and Boaz is going to fall in love with Ruth, and Boaz is going to marry Ruth. And and uh, as the book of Ruth ends, Naomi is not, uh, she's not bitter anymore. She is experiencing great blessings from the Lord, and she has a little baby boy uh, sitting in her lap named Obed because uh, Ruth and, and Boaz have a son. And so it, it, it's there's hope in chapter one. <clears throat> there's hope because it's the beginning of barley harvest. There's hope because God is the God of hope. Uh, Romans 15, 13 is a scripture verse every Christian needs to memorize. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope, overflow in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So when situations look hopeless, we need to remember, yes, but God is the God of hope. And if God can raise four-day-old dead Lazarus from the tomb, he can resurrect a dead marriage. He can turn things around as we trust him, as we look to him. He can show us uh, through the difficulty, through the stress, through the, through the problems, through the disease, through the uh, uh, debility, whatever it might be, that he still has a plan for us and he hasn't forgotten us. So, Patrick, I'll be lifting you up and may God use this broadcast to uh, encourage her and to bring about a change. Thanks so much for calling. And we have Andy on the line from Alabama. Andy, welcome to the broadcast today. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, yeah. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm I'm doing doing pretty good. Um, see, I I went to church for years, and I've been out for it's 2019. Haven't been back. I've been back a few times here and there. So, but I've had some things going on in my life that have been really drastic, and I I know it ain't the Lord's fault. I know He's trying to show me something, but you know. I haven't seen my son in 19 years. I lost my family and, uh, you know, things like that. It's just more of a lot of hurt. And when you try to talk to some people about it, I know I need to put it in God's hands, but that's all I hear. It's like they're shutting me up to not talk about it. You know? Um, And I just... My mother died in my arms back in 2016. She passed away, and it's just things that's really affected me in a big way. You know, I lost my health back in 2007. I had a chronic illness and heart 
patient has heart surgery and you know it's some things that's really affected my life in a negative way and I know the Lord tries to show you things and things like that and, you know sometimes he wants to bring you closer to him it's just I think I'm having a hard time trying to find my way back yeah well, I, I can definitely understand that, Andy, and my heart goes out to you and all these losses, and those things are real, and they, they really hurt. Um, and it's, you know, we have that old <clears throat> phrase, you know, pick yourself up by your bootstraps, uh, easier said than done. And um, it, it's really important when, when you're uh, really knocked low like that, that, that you don't pull away. The natural inclination is to pull away from the church and pull away from the people of God. But you got to fight against that and press in because you need, desperately need people to come around you and support you and love on you. And and you need to be uh, rubbing shoulders with the people of God. You need to be hearing the word preached. You need to be around the praises. God inhabits the praises of his people. Um, you know, the the question that we always ask when uh, difficulties come, and especially when they're major, major things that slap us in the face and, and continue to hurt, you know, your, your estrangement from your family, uh, we ask, why? Why is this happening? Why is a normal question. It's a natural question. On the cross, Jesus said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Uh, question, also a reference to Psalm 22. But why is not necessarily the best question. The best question, and the reason is because God doesn't normally answer why. The best question is how. God, how do you want to use this in my life? You have told me to consider it all joy when I encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of my faith produces endurance. And that consider it all joy is an accounting term. It means you you take this bad thing and you put it in the asset column. You put it in the plus column, not in the minus column. You say, okay, God, by faith, I'm going to consider this joy, knowing that you're going to work through this situation. Somehow, some way, because you're the God of hope, you're going to take this difficulty. And by the power of the cross, you're going to work this together for good in my life so that it would be not only uh, a blessing in my life, but it would bless other people and it would bring glory and honor to you. And that takes faith and that takes time as we grow in faith. And every day we just say, Lord, I'm going to put this in the joy column. I'm not going to let this uh, just sink my ship. I'm not going to let this just weigh me down. I'm not going to allow bitterness to get in my heart. As Pam Tebow told me, Tim Tebow's mother, she said, we don't do bitterness in our family. We just refuse to get bitter. So we're talking about shattered faith. We would love to take your calls, 1-888-589-8840. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. They should face some sort of consequences. At the very least, what you put on there should be true. And if it's not true, then it should be actionable. Major social media outlets are finding ways to block the conservative evangelical viewpoint. The American Family Association will no longer be canceled. Announcing AFA Streaming, our own video streaming platform, which will allow access to all AFA video content. AFA Streaming is now available. Learn more at AFA.net. 
So they asked me to enter my email address. And the next thing I know, I start getting emails from companies I never even knew existed. What's up with that? Here at the American Family Association, you have our word that we won't give away, sell, or lease your email address to any other organization or company. We're thankful when you take the time to subscribe to AFA Action Alerts, One Million Moms, Engage Magazine, or any of our other online newsletters. Steve Russo with Real Answers. Have you ever thought about putting yourself up for sale? Ever wonder how much money you could get on the open market? Human for Sale is a website that will attempt to place a value on your life using a variety of criteria. There are already approximately 2.5 million humans listed for sale on the website. So how much is a human life really worth? The Bible teaches that humans have infinite worth in God's eyes. Besides being made in His image, God also offers to trade His righteousness for our sin, something of immeasurable worth. Romans 5.8 says, But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. From God's perspective, there's no amount of money that could ever come close to measuring the true value of one person's life. Never forget that you're a priceless treasure of the living God. For real answers to real issues, log on to Steve's website, www.realanswers.com. Here are Tim and Riley Wildman for the AFA Foundation. Riley, what is your title? The director of AFA Foundation. One of the best ways you can have income for the rest of your life and know that uh, you will be supporting the ministry of American Family Association is to to give a gift to American Family Association and American Family Radio. Do you also deal with people who want to leave AFA in their wills? Yes, sir. That's exactly why they call. And that's why we also have another option besides a charitable gift annuity. People sometimes also call and do an outright gift or also leave us in their will. Now, when anyone calls in and asks to talk to you, ladies, will all of them talk in a Southern accent like you do? Yes, they will. (laughs) Call Riley Wildman at the AFA Foundation, 800-326-4543, extension 345, or visit afafoundation.net. Welcome back to the broadcast. Pastor Jeff Shreve here. I'm the pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries, heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio. We're talking about shattered faith, and we're looking at the life of Naomi, comparing that to the life of Job. We're taking your calls. The number to call is 1-888-589-8840. We have Bethany on the line from Alabama. Bethany, welcome to the broadcast today. Hi. Hi. So um, my question, I guess, um, is regarding non-believers going through things. Like, so my little sister is a drug addict, and um, she's um, been struggling for a long time since she was a kid. She went through a lot of stuff, but um, I'm just... So I I wrote down some stuff a week or so ago, just stuff that I'm struggling with, Um I wrote, uh, why do we say it was God when someone's rescued and leaves a life of sin, but we blame the person when they succumb to it? 
Why didn't God rescue my sister as a child? Why did God, knowing what was to come, not put someone in her life to help her through what she went through? If God loves Ricky, why is he going to let her destroy herself? Hmm. I'm so sorry, Bethany. Well, it's it's normal to ask why. Job, in, in Job chapter 3, he asked why over and over again. He didn't understand either. But here's the thing. When, when we have questions that we don't understand, we have to go back to what we do understand. And so... So the question, well, why if God loved Ricky, would he allow this to happen? Well, we don't start questioning the love of God because that is solid. We know God is love. The cross proves that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So the love of God is is sure. And the goodness of God is sure. Truly he is good. Second Chronicles 7, 3. Truly he is good. Truly his loving kindness is everlasting. So you have to have deep down in your heart, okay, I know that God loves me, that God loves my sister, that God is good, that God not only is he good, but he works all things together for good to those who love him. And it's hard for us to comprehend why all these things are happening. You know, we, we oftentimes ask God why, and uh, God just says his, his response, just trust me, just trust me. You wouldn't understand why. If I explained it to you, you wouldn't understand it. You know, it's kind of like uh, we come before the Lord, we're like a three-year-old wanting to know about quantum physics. You can't explain quantum physics to a three-year-old because they can't comprehend that. God's the, the mind and, and knowledge and ways of God are like the, the vastness of the Pacific Ocean. And we come to the Lord and we have a little teacup and we stand at the shores of this Pacific Ocean, so to speak, and we want God to put all the Pacific Ocean in our cup. And God says, I, I can't do that. So why don't you just trust me and trust the fact that I'm good, trust the fact that I answer prayer, trust the fact that I work all things together for good to those who love me and are called according to my purpose. And let me just encourage you, Bethany, don't quit praying for your sister and just ask God for a breakthrough. You know, the, uh, the thing about prayer, God responds to persistence. Remember the story in Luke 18, the parable in Luke 18 about the widow that kept coming before the unrighteous judge, give me legal protection from my adversary, from my opponent. He didn't want to do it, but the woman just kept coming and coming and coming and coming. Let me encourage you, just keep coming before the Lord. Share your heart with him. Don't, you know, don't tell God what you think he wants to hear. Tell him what's really going on. And, and if you're frustrated and if you're mad and if you're questioning, just say, God, I'm really mad. I'm really frustrated. I, I know that you're good, but my feelings don't match up with that. And uh, remember this, truth is not what you think. It's not what you feel. Truth is what God says. And so we have to stand in the truth when our feelings go against the truth. And it's so easy to believe lies because your feelings always match up with the circumstances. They always match up with the lies. The scripture says we walk by faith, not sight. 
And so, Bethany, I appreciate so much you calling in and and just sharing your heart. And um, you, you know, may God fill your heart with hope. Remember Romans fifteen thirteen. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God can change your sister. God wants to change your sister. May, may the Lord bind the evil one who is deceiving your sister and these chains that are on her and break those chains. And may you see and Ricky see a breakthrough. Thanks so much for calling. We have Vicki from Virginia. Vicki, go ahead. You're on the broadcast this morning. Hi. Thank you, Mr. Shreves. Um, I just wanted to call and uh, give my story. Um, I've had three beautiful children. Uh, my oldest uh, son, he he was diagnosed with autism. Matter of fact, all three of my children have autism. Uh, he was very severe, and he uh, what they called he was a lo- an eloper. He would run out of the window or you know go out of the house. And uh, at four and a half, he had gotten away from me one night, and he drowned in a neighbor's pool or pond, and uh, it devastated me. Mm. And I believed in God. I did. I believed in Jesus, but I didn't understand who he really was. I was angry. I couldn't open a pickle jar, so I cursed him. I yelled and screamed at him and said, you took away my kid, and now I can't open a, you know, the jar. Right. And I kept saying, give a dog a bone, please. And I realized during that time, you know, I would lose it with him, and then I would apologize. And it was a constant battle. And forever, I just became this hammer, and everything was a nail. Mm -hmm. And about two years ago, and my son died in 2006, I realized um, that I could not do this on my own. And I surrendered all to him. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that Christianity or being a Christ follower was supposed to be the way I am now. And I am just so pleased in what I understand. And again, I've been at this for two years. You know better than I do. But what I see is God treats us all as individuals. He did not take my son away from me. He did not do that to me. He did that for my son. He knows what the future holds. He took my son home not to punish me not to do anything to me like that. He did it for the glory of my child. My son is whole in heaven and waiting for me. And my other two children are glorified in Christ. And we are learning every single day. And he has given us beauty. And when I read, I believe it's John 9, 3, when they ask, why is this man born blind? Is it for the sins of his mother or father or his own sins? And God said, neither. It's so that you may see me glorified through them. Mm. And that's what my children with special needs have brought to our lives. And mm. I am now no longer a hammer. God is changing me into an instrument. And there is beauty. There is always beauty, no matter how long it takes you to get there. But he is there waiting. And I just wanted to lift up that story because he has done incredible things and he has healed this family in many ways. And I Amen. thank you for your ministry. And God has blessed me with this radio station. Thank you so much for listening. Amen. Vicki, what a great, great testimony and what a great word to hurting hearts. Um, 
Psalm 62, verse 8, trust in him at all times, O people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah, which means pause, pause in that. God is a refuge for us. And and just as Vicky would uh, lash out at the Lord and then apologize to the Lord, um, you got to be honest with God. And when you're hurting, you just got to tell him, God, I'm, I'm just hurting and I don't understand but though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. I keep coming back to you. And and just to see the transformation, as Vicky talked about, when she surrendered her all to Jesus, then there was peace. Then there was perspective to see that God didn't take my child. God brought my child to heaven. God spared my child. And God is using my other two children to bring him glory. What a great word of testimony. Vicki, thank you so much for calling. And I know that's going to help a lot of people. Well, we have Tony on the line from Ohio. Tony, welcome to the broadcast today. Well, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. I'm good. Um, you know, I, listen, I have often referred to myself as Jobet because, <laughs> um, you know, I, I came to Christ early. I was five years old when I dedicated myself to Jesus Christ at Vacation Bible School. And that was in large part because um, I suffered from uh, very bad eczema as a child to the point where I was in a plastic bubble at Children's Hospital in Columbus, Ohio, as a Mm. toddler. And my grandmother would sit beside me in that plastic bubble. And my mom, when she had to work, because she was, you know, she had me at 17, my sister at 16, and my my younger sister at 21. So, yeah, it was a lot. Uh, My grandmother would sit and uh, read Bible verses and sing me the Jesus songs. Jesus loves me, this I know. Jesus loves the little children. So, you know, and my grandfather, an army man, very strong Christian background from my great-grandmother. So I come from a very strong Christian background, and I married a very strong Christian man who was also, (laughs) coincidentally enough, um, raised by his grandparents um, because his mother had... uh, had him, and then she died of breast cancer at when he was 11. So, you know, we had a lot in common, and we married when actually we had to postpone our wedding because my husband got sick. So, we married literally in sickness and in health. Um, we had two weddings. I got married. Uh, our first wedding was at the courthouse. We got married by Judge Janet Jackson. Yes, it's on our wedding certificate. And then we had our second wedding. Married for you know, almost 30 years, and uh, God called him home March 20th, 2018, two days before our daughter's 15th birthday. On and off through our marriage, we, uh, you know, had things. My husband had uh, diabetes. He ended up getting second-stage kidney problems. God gave me things like uh, multiple sclerosis, uh, you know, spine problems. I walk with a cane. But I'm strong, and I'm not in a wheelchair. I fight that chair every day through the power of God. And we handled our marriage through Romans 5-2 because we, you know, we persevered through those sufferings, and because we knew that the perseverance produced our character and that character, our hope in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who died, shed blood for us on the Christ. And I am, I, I, 
after my husband died, I went back to church, and I'm a Nazarene. Wait, Nazarene. Um, so I'm going to a wonderful church. They, um, you know, I'm a widow. I, but I'm a widow of hope. That's my moniker now. I'm the widow of hope, and that's Amen. what God called me. So, I, my goal in life now, my calling, I know from God, is just to get out there and witness to to anyone and everyone, not just widows. That you know what, God's got this. I got it on T-shirts. So yes. That people know you are never alone. And you know what, to the, the caller, that, the, the, the one that broke my heart, the gentleman, you know, you right. know I, I, I get that. No one wants to listen to them. People do, that's the first thing they say. We'll give it to God. Yeah, that's so true. People just need to shut up and listen. Let that man tell his story, you know? <laughs> he needs to get back into church because there are people at church that will listen to him. Right. You know? It. It's very important. Thank you so much for that. It is very important, Tony, to do that and be around the people of God. You know, I'm thinking about a song that was written by Annie Johnson Flint, who had terrible rheumatoid arthritis and uh, went through so much pain, was bedfast for so many years. And she wrote these words, He giveth more grace as our burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength as our labors increase to added afflictions he addeth his mercy to multiplied trials, his multiplied peace. When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed, ere the day is half done, when we reach the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's full giving is only begun. His love has no limits, his grace has no measure, his power no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. Well, thanks so much for joining us today as we've talked about shattered faith. Remember the words from Job, Job 13, 15, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. And uh, we can trust God no matter what. He is in charge, he loves us, he is good, and he works all things together for good to those who love him to those who are called according to his purpose. Hey, make it a great day. Fix your eyes on Jesus and trust him no matter what. God bless you. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or